As entrepreneurs, we all want to win the game of innovative influence, but we all have to ask ourselves, at what cost am I willing to sacrifice my life and personal principles? We all wonder twice, wrestle with the question of, do I work 80 hours a week at the expense of my personal fulfillment in hopes of making incremental inroads in our business operation? However, we should be asking ourselves, how can I structure my day as a business owner to be more efficient, to get more of my time back, to live the life I want to live? Before we go any further, I want to provide you with some statistical food for thought as we continue our conversation. 75% of today's entrepreneurs admit to experiencing occasional or frequent burnout, according to a recent Gallup study. Furthermore, the Spring Publishing Company says that 40 is the average age that the average entrepreneur begins experiencing burnout. And finally, one in three entrepreneurs live with the specter of depression, often caused by stress and burnout. So the question now becomes, how do we reverse the trend and still value winning at business but also living the personal life that we all deserve to live. And for some answers to that very concept, I want to enlist the expertise of my friend, Lee Williard, who has been in business since 2006. He's a business and life strategist from the United Kingdom. He works with global entrepreneurs and brands to help them transform themselves both from a business and personal perspective. When it comes down to it, Lee is concerned with two primary things, helping people build businesses and cultivating a vision statement and strategy for long-term and prosperous prosperity. His personal journey of overcoming bone cancer has fueled his desire to help business owners and entrepreneurs achieve the best results they can from a business and personal development standpoint. For Woodyard, there are three fundamental keys to both success in life and in business, your personal health, relationships, and wealth. And he joined me this week to elaborate on how he looks at the entire concept of business prosperity and how it can trickle down to every aspect of your everyday life. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation.
my friend, I welcome you to the program today. And I'm super excited to learn about your journey in business. Great uh, to see you today. And thank you so very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And hello to your listeners. Absolutely. Now, Lee, I know that two, two things that really bring a smile to your, your face are talking about build, building businesses with vision and passion, my friend. So I'm wondering if we can start our conversation by you telling me why building businesses and uh, providing people with a vision for success is so important to you. Absolutely. And it probably started from when I was a child. My dad had his own business and I always felt inspired by people who were um, making a difference in the world, generally, whether that's through sport, business, whatever, whatever it is. So once I got to my uh, late twenties and set up my my first business, I kind of dived into it and and like anybody, just scrambled my way around for, for for many years. And it wasn't until I was introduced to the concept of having a clear vision of what you would love that all of a sudden I realised actually, you can apply this to your life and create what you want rather than it just happening by default. And for many years for me, it it just happened by default because I wasn't aware you could do something like this. So then when I was taught the process, right, what would you love in your health? What would you love in your relationships? What would you love your business to look like? All of a sudden, I was able to start creating this and then taking the steps to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, and tell me, my friend, I know that you're big on helping uh, entrepreneurs really balance themselves in terms of the amount of intellectual capital they give to, yes, their business, but also themselves, because you help people try to be inspired to live the business and personal life they really love, don't you? So I wondering if you can tell me all about it, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that happened to me was I was very consumed by my business, like a lot of business owners are, and even a lot of parents, whether they're just in jobs. It's it's easy to think, you know, I've got to be on this hamster wheel of trying to earn more money to keep up with a lifestyle. And and quite often what happens is you, you end up sacrificing the things that are important to you and, and you know, like your health, like your relationships. So uh, an unfavorable health diagnosis for me was that catalyst for me to go, hang on a minute, this isn't how you want your life to look like. And it's certainly not how you were, you know, even though I was dreaming what I wanted, I wasn't actually dreaming what I would really love. So it put me in a, a situation where I had to go, okay, what do you want this to look like? Then when I was able to apply these principles in my own life, I was able to go, hang on a minute, there's a, a community of people I'm already helping out here that could benefit from this. So I started to slowly help more people. And then I found people around me. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, this now is changing people's lives in the direction. And it's not all about being on that hamster wheel and, and trying to have a better home or a, it's actually like, what lights you up? And it was always the same thing from people, which was, well, I love it when I spend time with my wife or my children or my husband or okay, well, why are you not doing more of that? Well, when I have more money, I will. And it just became a, a, a pattern that I saw all of the time. So when I was able to 
start showing them how they could still have all of those areas and thriving and then applied into their business as well. They were like, actually, I feel more fulfilled now. And I'm enjoying my time with the people that matter to me most because actually all of the material stuff isn't actually making them more happy. What's actually making them happy is the memories and the activities that they're doing with the people they care about, even if that's just people they work with. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my friend, I know that you were diagnosed with a bone cancer and you think that that was really the catalyst for changing your perspective on life, my friend. And, and I have to ask you, how had uh, that diagnosis uh, affected your both personal and professional life as well? Yeah, great question. Well, I was starting to feel unwell and I'm a fairly healthy person. I've run thumbs in the past and I look after myself and eat pretty well. And I think what was happening was I had a bit of a longing as in I'd grown a business and an agency, but I was going through peaks and troughs. Some months would be great. Other months there would be financial pressure and I just couldn't seem to get this working. And I was getting, you know, I was trying to be a present father as well. And all of these things were getting on top of me and putting pressure on. So I was holding it in, in my bones effectively. On the 1st of August, 2019, the morning of my twin boy's birthday, I was given the diagnosis that I had bone cancer and I had to go home and break it to my wife an hour before we were about to have 15 kids come over for a birthday party. Now, initially she didn't want to go ahead with the party. And I said, look, we have to, you know, let's put this to the side for now. We'll come back and investigate what actually happened. So over the course of the next month or two, I started to have a look for reasons to go, okay, I'm not going to allow this to happen. And I don't want to go down this track of not being right. I must have caused this. What was it? And I was introduced to a mentor that said to me, Lee, it all begins with your thoughts. Your thoughts, um, uh, your body's a manifestation of what's going on in your thoughts. You have to start changing these. Because of an unfavorable diagnosis, I was like, right, well, I'm willing to listen. And at first it did feel a bit, well, is this a bit woo-hoo? Is it going to work? But I was like, I've got no other option other than to take drugs and have uh, chemotherapy, which I didn't want. And it wasn't making me feel good. Once I started to change these, six months later, I'm into remission and the doctors are like, this is unbelievable. Well, you know, what are you doing? And in my mind at that point, it was like, wow, I've been given a powerful gift here. And I've been given a, a little um, nudge from the universe to say, hey, this is what happens when you go down this route, but look what happens when you go down the other then I was able to say, well, if I apply this in my health, what happens if I start giving this gift to my children? And then I saw them shift quickly. Then what happens if I put this into my relationship and my relationship got even stronger and it was more fun and, you know, there wasn't the, the usual pressure that goes on in a family of, oh, we have to earn more money or we've got to save this month because we want to have this. Things started to really blossom and feel energized. Okay, what happens if I apply this in a business? Wow, I'm now able to serve people that light me up. I'm able to do something that's fulfilling and makes me feel great. And actually, the thing that makes me feel great is when those people come back and say, wow, it's not only impacting me, it's impacting the rest of my life and the people around me. And that's the bit where you go, okay, I'm now starting to fulfill the thing that I really wanted to do as opposed to 
I'm providing a service and it pays the bills and I'm not actually doing something I love. Yeah, absolutely. Leah, I want to ask you about a business diversity and inclusion. You know, outside of hosting uh, this podcast, Leah, I, 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 talk, I talk to businesses about the importance of infusing individuals with disabilities into yeah. uh, the workforce. And it's particularly passionate for me because I was uh, diagnosed at birth with uh, cerebral palsy, and I was told at the age of nine that I wouldn't be able to walk for the duration of my life without assistance because of the severity of my uh, disability. So I've made it my uh, professional mission to help organizations build a more inclusive culture with minimal effort, my friend. So tell me, how much of a competitive advantage do you think uh, thinking inclusively can provide business leaders when they hire uh, folks with disabilities and really promote inclusion, equity, and diversity as a part of their organizational culture. I absolutely believe that it has to be part. So if you're the business owner, it has to be part of your belief. So understanding that adversity and inclusion it means that you can have people that see things in a different way, can do things in a different way, and often think a lot more creatively because, one, they've had to go through some hardship, which has led them to where they are, where actually shows you they can problem solve and figure things out that you maybe can't see or others can't see. So for me in 2018, I partnered with a young man who had cerebral palsy that was told, he wouldn't be able to play football. When we asked him what his vision was at the time, it was, I want to provide an environment where young children can have opportunities to play football where I couldn't. So what we did was we created a team called Adversity United. It's a kids football team and children with different um, uh, learning challenges or cerebral palsy because he had CP were able to come and express themselves in an environment they felt safe. He's now gone on to play for the England national team. Even though he was told he could never play football, he's now playing for the England CP team and a fantastic player. So using that example, what that environment did then was give one, him some confidence, but, but if for, as a business owner, if it's part of your values where you go, okay, we can start attracting some great people into our business that can come up with different ways to think and to act. And also as a culture, what we're creating is we're, we're making the whole business environment understand that there's so many benefits to having um, the inclusion in our, in our business environment, but it has to stem from the owner. The owner's got to have a portion of their heart and their awareness to go, okay, how can it not all be about me, but how can it help these people develop? Because actually what that's going to do is help our whole team develop. And what you tend to find as well is people who do have a disability a lot of the time don't have the barriers that people who are able. So quite often what they do is they bring the best out of other people. And that is such an inspiring environment to be in because you kind of, it helps you go, do you know what? I don't need to have these barriers anymore that I've had. Let's celebrate together. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, if I asked you to create sort of a roadmap or a, a cheat sheet on how to create a compelling vision for business that can also be trans, translated into your, your life, where do you think you would start in compiling such a list or or such a content? Concept. How do you think that we start on the road of creating a compelling vision for business and for life? Yeah. First and foremost, I think it's important to create a vision for the life that you want. So start with your health. What do you want your health to look like? Okay. And when you've got a clear picture of what that is, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, a shredded athlete. It means, okay, I want to eat and drink responsibly so that I can fuel my body in the best way that I can so that I can think clearly and act responsibly or the best that I can. Your health is your number one asset. When you've got that, what it allows you to do then is, okay, what do my relationships look like? And that's the second part of the checklist. What do I want my relationships with my wife or husband or partner to look like? What do I want my relationship with my children to look like? Because they're going to be stepping into the world at some point. Do I want them to carry the baggage that I had? If you don't want them to carry the baggage that you had, it's important that you develop yourself. So one, you set the example. And two, you're giving them the skills so that they can go out into life and and start from an early age instead of be figuring this out in their 30s or 40s or 50s. Yeah. Once you've got those two elements in your checklist, what it does do is go, okay, well, now I can focus on my business. So the business might be, who do I want to serve that lights me up and fills my cup? Where do I get more of those people? So how do I market my business and generate more leads? And then how do I serve them? And do I align with my values? And do I create a culture that's inclusive or whatever it may be? So you're getting a vision then for what you would love, and then you take the action steps to make those happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Lee, I'm curious to also ask you about the concept of work-life balance. You know that uh, many times entrepreneurs want to be the first to create what I call an innovative difference maker, but sometimes they neglect the, their own personal and, and uh, a, a psychological health. So I'm, I'm curious to ask you about the importance of striking the right balance between your business life and your professional life. What do you think is the key to creating an innovative and balanced life? Sure. I think balance has to be the definition that you give to it. So there's no judgment from me if somebody says, do you know what? My work is my passion and that's where I want to spend 80% of my time and then I'll spend 20% of my time on my health and relationships. However, there's been so many surveys done and questions asked of people who've got to the end of their life and none of them have said, I wish I'd worked more. They all wished they'd spent more time with the people that they love that, that make them feel better, and they wish they'd spent more time looking after their health. So that, for me, is a, a, um, a warning sign or a flag where you go, okay, if all these people keep saying it, why not follow what they're saying and do it now? So to get the balance, say to yourself, okay, what does that look like for me with my health? So 
I say do 30 minutes of something a day that's for your well-being. So if you're not someone who likes to go for a run or go to the gym, do some breath work or some yoga or Pilates or something that gives you some time for you to set your day before you start. Then, okay, what's the balance in your relationship? Do you organize date nights or date breakfasts with your partner? Do you coach your kids sport or take them on adventures every weekend out and you know, so they're away from gaming and whatever it may be. Again, finding what your balance is in that. And then, okay, now I'm running a business. What are the hours that I'm willing to put into this that allow me to do those other things? And then you maximize your time in that those hours. And then that's it. Don't do any more than that. Because the minute you let that spill over, it means you take from those other things. And although you might feel, I've got to put more time in because I want my business to grow, Actually, all it means is you're not efficient in that time. So work on the skill of being efficient in that time so you get the maximum out of you. You grow your business to a level that you're happy with. We all want to keep growing it, but it might mean you need to develop some more new skills so that you can um, delegate some of those tasks. Yeah, and, and Lee, just out of a personal curiosity, I know that you've uh, shared with me that you have children and I've... I, I, I'm always curious to ask parents about the challenges and the successes of raising children in today's day and age, you know, with the, the temptation of social media and peer pressure and everything that goes on from a societal perspective. What do you think is the key to raising kids today uh, successfully? What a brilliant, brilliant question, because it's something that I've worked on a lot. And obviously, as we shift, like you said, in social media is prevalent or there's bullying or whatever. Number one, your children need to know that you can put an arm around them. And when they make a mistake, it's okay. So I coach my boys football team. And the one thing that I introduced when I took over coaching them was, I want you to make mistakes because it'll help you learn and progress and get better. Once they grasp that concept, which was pretty quickly, they developed really quick. So even now with the pressures that we've all got pressures in every and has always been going through the generations, what we've got to be able to do is say to our kids, okay, what's going on today? What's your challenge? And then help them to be able to think through it with support rather than trying to fix it. Like in the early days of being a parent, I was a fixer. What I actually learned was once I gave my eldest child the space to be able to solve problems knowing he had me to fall back on if things didn't go the way he wanted, he was able to grow and mature quite quickly. And then all of a sudden he didn't feel pressure or peer group pressure from what society was like. Now my younger two have watched him and we apply the same principles. What it means is they feel calm and confident. And look, don't get me wrong. Sometimes some things stretch them or push them. But what actually it does is give them a space where they feel safe to go, actually, that doesn't align with me. Or, you know, somebody was picking on me today because of my height. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay. The nine best footballers out of 10 in the world are below six foot. Okay. So there's plenty of people out there that aren't tall that, yeah. Or if it's a disability, it's actually, no, this gives you a unique skill that other people don't. And you've had to overcome adversity that some other people haven't. So it's always 
to give children the ability to feel safe in their home environment and know as a parent you're there to support them but also give them the space to to learn yeah absolutely and you know one of the reasons i wanted to talk to you this morning uh on my side of things was you know i'm a firm believer that uh resilience uh, and adversity are are tied together because i firmly believe that resilience is the answer to the test once adversity strikes and i know that you believe that we can turn both business and life challenges into opportunities so i'm wondering if you can expand on that for me today absolutely those challenges that come up in our life every day always have a message in it or a lesson and it's every single one of them now initially i was quite frightened of that i didn't have the awareness that that's what it was so if there was a challenge or i'd failed i saw that as a reflection of myself i.e i wasn't good enough once i actually learned to reframe that and go hey this challenge or adversity is actually a message or a learning lesson don't sit in the victim mentality of it which is why me or poor me okay how can i do something about it so i'm sat here now looking at you who was told he'll never be able to walk and what you're doing is you're putting yourself out there online and inspiring people in the cp community the the cerebral palsy community going wow look what he's doing and he's not frightened to connect with business owners or corporate people or you know these people that we can look up to sometimes and think they're a walking god the reality is is actually i find you more inspiring than those people well i i certainly appreciate that my friend and you know i believe that we can always learn something uh, from other people because you know no matter how many degrees you have on a wall or how many years you went to school you can always learn something from somebody else can't you absolutely absolutely and if you go out into life with that it's a great attitude to have rather than i already know it all and quite often if you think you know it all it's probably an insecurity whereas again that whole diversity and inclusion is every person can teach you something and actually the people who've had the greatest adversity or the the, the biggest challenge usually are the ones that you can learn the most from yeah um, ab- yeah absolutely my friend and you know Lee, I, I would just ask you about what do you think business owners can learn from the prospect of failure and how that can be an ally as we sort of sort of work through mindset uh shifting because they go hand in hand sometimes don't they absolutely absolutely now reverse back to around about 2018 i heard somebody speaking on stage say i love it when i make mistakes and at the time i thought what is he on about because i don't i don't want to make mistakes and actually what that did was because i didn't want to fail or make mistakes was i played small i kept myself in an environment where i would grow when my back was against the wall and i needed to but then when i got to my upper limit it was like okay i don't want to make any more mistakes now because it's a reflection of me as time went on i had to step into learning well actually every time i make a mistake 
It's just another way of going, well, that way didn't work. So what's happening now is I wake up every day going, great, today, if I make a big mistake today, it means I've got a big lesson to learn. If I make a small mistake today or something doesn't work, okay, I've just found a way that doesn't work. Keep moving. And actually what it does is it creates a bit of a game now where you go, life's exciting. I'm out here playing and I'm learning and I'm making, do you know what? Those mistakes just take me one more step closer to where I want to be. And that doesn't matter whether that's in your health, your relationships or your wealth. Those three, if you can do it in all three areas, all of a sudden over the course of one year, two year, three year, you're flying. And then you can go and enjoy the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of your life because you've been willing to make mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we I believe that habits and consistency are interconnected. Uh, I think they play a major role in the, the success of any business, my friend. So tell me how you believe habits and consistency are interconnected. Yeah, our habits determine the results in our life. And sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow if you think, actually, I've got great habits, but I'm just not getting the results. The reality is those habits that you're doing, which might be, let's say, from a business perspective, you're not contacting enough people. That's a lot of people's big fear because they don't want to have rejection. Well, actually, the rejection is just somebody saying no because they're not ready at that point in time. You have to be willing to break whatever that habit is that's not getting the result for you. So you've got to have an awareness to go, I'm not happy with the result that I'm getting in my health or my relationships or business. Okay, if you're not happy with that result, what are you doing? You're the center of it. Okay, don't blame anyone else or blame the environment or blame the politicians or or blame your upbringing or blame your parents or whatever. Okay, I'll go. What I was saying was your habits are what create the results in all areas of your life. So if you think of it from a health perspective, if you eat junk food, your health's not going to be great. Okay, I'm not saying don't eat any. The reality is it's always there. But you want to fuel yourself the best you can so your health's got the best chance. If you don't drink water or do exercise, you're not going to be healthy. Yeah. So that's a habit, okay, looking at what you eat. That's a simplified one. In business, if you're not growing your business and the result is we're not, you know, making enough profit, the reality is your habit is you're not reaching out to enough people and sharing what you do, okay? And that's uncomfortable for a lot of people because they don't want to be rejected, yeah? But the reality is the rejection is not actually a no because of you. They're either not ready or they don't need it. Your objective is to go out there and find your people, the ones that can benefit from your, your product or your service. And the more you do that and find more people, naturally what happens is your business grows and you serve more people. And then your next part is to go, okay, who are the people I love to serve? How do I get more of them? As opposed to, I just want volume and see what happens because you can end up with 50% of customers that you're not happy with and 50% of customers you are. And actually it creates more problems for you. So your habits in your business and your life are a reflection of your outer world and what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, I've, I've got two more questions for you, my friend. And the first has to do with uh, self-improvement and growth because, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, I live my life by the saying that, that the only level of expectations you 
ultimately have to meet in life are your own because you know you know it's my belief if you don't have a fundamental level of expectations for yourself it's hard to, hard to meet it for anybody else's expectations of you so tell me how do you think self-improvement and growth from a personal and professional uh, standpoint are interconnected what a fantastic question because it's so important for what you do in your your circle so if if you're from an environment where you maybe don't feel great about yourself now again this is not blaming our parenting what it's saying is they a lot of the times parents do the best they can with what they've got what self-improvement does is helps you break that dna and it allows you to go okay there's some certain things that I can do here that are going to make me a better person. So if you have a partner or a children, they start to learn from you. And all of a sudden you're creating an environment now where you feel better as a person. And what you're doing then is stopping that chain of being in a spiral sometimes. And that's the same with business as well. As you develop yourself as a person, which might be, okay, I've never paid attention to adversity inclusion, right? Start paying attention to it and bring that into your life and see what it does and how it impacts and what giving does. Like a lot of people, especially in business, just want to get all the time. When you improve yourself, you realize actually giving is what sets up the receiving. And actually what happens is you get more fulfillment from giving than you do from receiving, but it's just a natural cause and effect. So improving yourself means it's not living up to someone else's expectations. It's setting new expectations for yourself to go, actually, I'm unhappy with the part of me at the moment or all of me. Who do I want to be and who do I want to act like? So you're getting a vision for what that person would look like and act like. It doesn't mean you're changing for anyone else. You're changing for yourself so you can live a happy and fulfilled life then what it does is teach you to go, well, actually, I don't need to have expectations on other people. And yeah. they don't have to have expectations from other people. And this you see often where people feel they've got to live up to the expectations of their parents, which means you never get there. And you end up living a life where you've got this little voice on your shoulder saying, I need to do more, I need to do more. And actually, you don't. Just as you said, your own levels of expectations. And what you should be doing is giving that to your children at a young age so that they don't feel they've got this shoulder of, I'm not living up to my parents' expectations. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my final question uh, for you today has to do, do with creating your own moment of difference. You know, I firmly believe that we're all given uh, strengths to uh, contribute to the world. Uh, and I think... We do a disservice if we don't celebrate those strengths, my friend. So I'm curious, when you look at your own personal and professional legacy, how do you want that to be defined? And how would you define your own moment of a difference to this point in your life? Definitely. First, for me, it starts with my family. So my personal legacy is I would love for my wife and my children to say, what a guy. He showed up for us. He gave us great life skills. He put an arm around us when we needed it, but he also gave us the space to grow as, as individuals. And no matter what decision or mistake we made, he supported us. 
And whatever win we had, he taught us to celebrate it and enjoy it. That's that's my number one personal legacy. My professional legacy is I would love for people to say, God, what a guy. When I met him, he made me feel um, a sense of advancement. When I listened to his on a podcast or I read one of his emails or I watched one of his videos online, he always left me feeling better than when I came. And then going forward, my the legacy that I want to leave is I'm writing a book at the moment. I would love my book to be read for the next 100 years where people go, wow, you know, he he figured out how you can change the direction of your life and have a ripple effect on the people around you and be able to contribute to the world and make it a better place, which includes inclusion of people, which includes building something that you love and serving people so that when you wake up every day, you feel fantastic and you can't wait for the next day. Yeah, absolutely. And Lee, finally, tell me if people want to get connected with the great work that you're doing, my friend, what's the most effective way they can do that? Definitely just come onto social media, go on Instagram or LinkedIn or, um, or YouTube and just start consuming some of the videos I create. I'm hoping that all of them have a, a message in there for different people trying to work through maybe an obstacle or a challenge, whether that's in their personal life or their business life. Follow on those. If you want to sign up to any of the free workshops I do, come along. They're great places for you to network with um, like-minded people and be able to to make a change, make you know, change the trajectory of your life in health, wealth, or relationships and, and and go on and really, you know, make an impact on the world. Well, I have to tell you, Lee, you filled up my uh, cup of personal development and growth this morning, and I want to thank you for the good work that you do to inspire people to be inclusive and uh, noteworthy business leaders, my friend. You're working the base of business diversification, and inclusion is most in, uh, most appreciated. And I want to thank you for engaging in conversation with me today. Kevin, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, I want to say hello to all your listeners, and I want to tell you how much you've inspired me today from seeing somebody that is inspiring, like I said, the CP community, and even wider than that. Anybody that sees your podcast or your social media stuff, you can only inspire them from going from your story to where you are now, and I'm sure you're going to impact people for the rest of your life. So thank you so much for having me and inspiring me today.